Welcome to the Home Service Small Business Spotlight. I am your host, Arthur Yan, co-founder and CEO of Nest Protection Plan. We partner with restorers, contractors, real estate professionals, and other entrepreneurs to increase their revenue, grow their business valuation, and help them build a platform of services for homeowners across the country. We think every American family and property owner deserves peace of mind for their health, indoor living, and longevity, all for less than a dollar a day. Also, I love forming relationships. Add me on Facebook or LinkedIn today and let's connect. Oh, and stick around to the end of this episode. We'll reveal how you or someone you know can be our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes. Here we go. Hey, what is going on? How's everybody doing? I hope everybody's having an amazing week. Welcome to episode 26 of the Home Service Small Business Spotlight. We're very, very excited. Uh, We've just got an incredible guest today and we're going to be talking franchising. We haven't really talked about that yet much on this show. And uh, so we're going to jump right in and, and introduce him He is the CEO of Franbridge Consulting. He is an author. He's an investor. Uh, He's a very brilliant mind behind the whole world of franchising. He is John Austinson. John, how are you doing today? Hey, Arthur. Appreciate you having me. Doing great. Look forward to uh, to a great discussion here. So am I, man. And I appreciate you being on. This is a very big honor and privilege to have you. Uh, I know you've been doing... um, Millions and millions in um, franchise growth. Uh, you've written several books, but before we get into all that, can you tell us a little bit about your background and what it was like growing up in Georgia and how you got to where you are? Absolutely. So based here in Atlanta, Georgia and Buckhead, wife and three young kids and uh, spent many years in the corporate world, like many of your listeners and had the uh, epiphany about just about seven years ago to, to make the jump from a public company to a private company and Kind of stumbled my way into franchising, meaning that I started on the franchisor side. So came in as president of Shelf Genie Franchise System, and um, you know just had a great experience there. Really fell in love with the whole franchise model, and you know I just saw all these people that were you know getting into business ownership that had different types of backgrounds. And when you have a framework and a system to follow, you know it really makes sense for a lot of a lot of people. So anyway, fast forward, partnered with the founder of Shelf Genie. We spun off. We've invested in franchises ourselves as franchisees, so set on both sides of the table. And uh, you know, we've got good people running our businesses and allows me to spend most of my time helping others do the same. So uh, you feel very blessed to do what we do. We, we we stay busy. We do more placements than anyone else in the country. And um, you know, we're able to play matchmaker out there with some of the fastest growing franchise brands in a lot of different industries, all primarily outside of food. And that's kind of the whole uh, what gets people excited and interested is the fact that uh, we're focused in a lot of other industries uh, outside of food, and yet it still is franchising. That's great. And that that begs a question, too, because um, you wrote the book, Non-Food Franchising. What really, what lit that switch in your mind that, um, you know, you see these frozen yogurt places, there was that whole craze in the restaurants and the taco places. And I'm sure that switch flipped and you decided you got to, you know, there's, there's so much opportunity elsewhere. When did that kind of happen for you? Yeah, you know, I, I was never a food guy. I don't have a, I don't have a food background, and I want to give shout outs to those that are in food. We certainly need them and we love them. But, um, but you know, what I found is about ninety five percent of my clients want nothing to do with food. They they kind of subscribe to the same way of thinking that I do. That there are easier ways to make money, and so 
you know, it's businesses like home and property services are is a huge area of our business, all the different niches within that, which I'm happy to get into. Um, health and wellness, you know, we do a little bit of fitness as well. Uh, automotive, I mean, we're still doing a bunch of oil changes. We've done a good bit there in South Carolina in the oil change space. Um, you know, it, it's things that I'd say boring businesses, you know, it's understandable, cash flowing, non-sexy businesses that, that people want to get into. Things that people will always spend on, they'll always spend on their pets on their kids, on their aging parents, on their health, on their homes. And so businesses that are positioned in those kind of areas, you know, will do well regardless of the economy. And, and so um, that's really where we put our focus. And there's just so many different models out there. We work with over 600 different companies. And at any given time, there's probably 50 or 60 that I feel are the best of the best, but we've got a really good representation across those types of industries. And when I say home and property services, it's gutters, dumpsters, insulation, which is a $53 billion industry. You may know that, but most people don't. Um, you know, it's things like concrete paving and line striping and all these different niches, temporary walls out there around construction sites, things you don't think of until they're right there in front of you. Yeah. Well, and people uh, need, I'm sure that they see that around them. I mean, there's the development just keeps happening. Um, the real estate transactions are going up each year. You know, I think we're expected to see six or seven million real estate transactions uh this year alone and so of course all those things are needed and they're not going into going away you know the gutter services the the all the home services and of course hence this show that's what we we uh focus on is the businesses that are doing those services um well so what in your opinion with you know Right now, when we're talking, unfortunately, things like the recession and God forbid, another pandemic or something. But what is uh, a type of what are some types of businesses that are good to, to make it through those types of uh, dire times? Yeah. And what I discussed with my clients is we've been talking about a recession for about a decade now. This is the most predicted recession. And if the economy actually does go a little bit south, um, you know, I, it's great thing about franchising is a lot of these businesses do well regardless of the time. And you know that you're in a needs-based industry yourself, Arthur. And I love how you've carved out that niche. Um, you know, so it's, I'd say it's less discretionary, more needs-based. Uh, like I said, things that people will continue to spend on. But you know what's fascinating? We still have record levels of cash on the sidelines. And a lot of people recognize that as a problem. It's a good problem, but they're trying to find ways to diversify their investments. And I have conversations every day with those that, you know, with doctors, with lawyers, with corporate executives, with, um, you know, some that are looking to make a jump full time, many of whom are looking to get something going on the side where you put a manager in place to run the business for you and you can still get the tax advantages and business, you know, the, the benefits of business ownership, but you also get that cash flow and you're building an asset, something of your own. We have never seen so much interest. I think it's partly due to the fact there aren't so many good real estate deals to be had out there right now. I mean, certainly, I mean, I own real estate in my portfolio. I think most people should, but there's also a lot of other green space. And once they wake up to the fact that franchising can deliver returns and offer, like I said, tax benefits, and it's very doable. And I mean, we work with so many South Carolina guys. I was mentioning some to you right before our uh, interview here, you mm -hmm. know, and most of these guys are building up portfolios of investments in the franchise realm that can kind of play off each other or serve to diversify. So all that to be said, we have never seen the level of activity that we've seen. We will do in the first half this year, what we did last year and last year was a record setting year, just incredible industry growth out there. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. And 
I so I guess you don't see any slowdown, right? You don't see any slowdown in franchising opportunities. Um, what is uh, another thing that you might maybe advice wise? What would you give to someone that is looking for an entrepreneur entrepreneurial opportunity, a franchising opportunity, and they're really looking to grow and uh, they they just want to know what are some good steps? What are the next things to look for? What what advice would you give? Yeah, it's really, I'm more than happy to chat with any of them. Our service is entirely free. It's like an executive search model where we work on behalf of the brand. So I'm more than happy to share content and engage if, if that ever makes sense. But, um, you know, the things that we think about, you know, number one, when we look at a franchise or we look at the strength of that leadership team, have they been there, done that, supported successful franchisees in their background? I think that's so important to have the industry experience, but also the franchise experience. Um, having been a franchisor myself, I put a ton of weight in that because that's your business partner. Um, you know, we look at uh, the return on investment. You know, there's got to be a lot of meat on the bone. We look at competitive advantages within the industry. Um, and then because we, you know, do do a whole lot of placements, we get to see firsthand what's resonating with different backgrounds and why. So we bring all that together combined with what's available in the market combined with what our clients share with us. So I'd say to answer your question, just using those filters, have some defined criteria that you're looking for, um, or else it can be overwhelming. I mean, there's 4,000 franchise brands in the U.S. You know, if you cut out food and hotels, that probably narrows it down to roughly half of those. But still, everyone's going to be putting their best foot forward when you look at their web pages and their marketing materials. But you really have to understand, you know, even if you look at a list like the top 100 franchises to buy, well, a lot of these companies pay to be on that list. And so you may be missing great opportunity that says, hey, we don't need to pay to be on a list. Um, there's always noise behind the numbers. And it's important to kind of go through that and, and really understand what's going on. And, you know, who's who's added 60 locations in the past six months that don't show up yet on the website? And who hasn't added six locations in the past six months? Yeah, those are the kind of things you want to be asking. Yeah. <clears throat> well, and do you see do you see a trend or do you see um, any type of significance in how uh, certain franchisors are offering support for their franchisees. Um, I know that that in the past, um, coming from the restoration world, you know, we've seen situations where some people were with a particular franchise brand or something, and they either just felt like they didn't get good support, or maybe they just didn't like the the way things were set up. Are you seeing any kind of changes in those types of uh, situations? Yeah, I think the requirements that that the pay to play is is definitely increased. Uh, you know, franchisors because when they're out there, they're not only competing with other franchises to to bring franchisees in within their industry, but franchisors at large. Um, so I think that they're all having to up their game. And I mean, we see a lot of talent moving in. Um, you know, from a marketing standpoint, I mean, they're all having to double down and get get better at what they do. So I think that bodes well for franchisees. That being said, just like anything, they're not all created equal. And that's where, uh, you know, we, but our goal through the process is to get our clients as much information as possible. We have them going through a number of steps, but they also get to talk to franchisees in that system. It's what we call validation. Hear about their experience. Ask the questions before they sign on the dotted line. So uh, the goal is to, to be information um, heavy going in. So you're making that right decision. We kind of consult with them on what's to be expected, what's not. What's really interesting, Arthur, is probably two-thirds of our clients end up purchasing as a semi-absentee or semi-passive uh, investor. And so they're putting a manager in place, leaning on that franchisor to help manage the manager in some cases. You know, They can be that technical resource for them, allows them to keep their day job or keep their focus on their existing business. And 
um, you know, I'd say probably 80 to 90% of our clients end up purchasing something that was never on their radar. So oftentimes, like I said, you don't know what you're looking for until it's right there in front of you. Yeah. Well, and it sounds like you're, y'all do an excellent job of really just walking someone through that process. Um, all the, it's all encompassing, right. You know, from what the, what they're looking for and what type of industry, how involved they want to be as a, an owner, an operator. Um, but that, and that's wonderful. All right, let's jump into, I want to ask you, um, a little bit more about the book and I think you've written several, but, uh, the primary book is non-food franchising, right? Um, and I'm guessing you can get that anywhere. Someone can order it on from Amazon. Is that right? And yeah, no, we'd be happy to share a free digital copy with anyone that comes out to our website and you know signs up for our free newsletter. You know, we'll we'll send you a copy of it. But um, but yeah, if you'd like to purchase from Amazon as well, that's definitely an option. And all profits go to charity uh, to a great nonprofit that we support, Hope International. So. Um, yeah, definitely feel free to, to do that as well. Awesome. Okay. Uh, well, and before uh, we wrap things up, I want to ask you too, um, if, well, I always like to ask a fun co- question. So I'm going to put you on the spot here. Uh, you're a UGA guy, right? So is UGA, or is UGA football, are they going to, are they going to win another national championship in the next few years? Or are they going to hit that downslide and start to, uh, Hit a little a valley, I guess. What's going to happen there? Yeah, we're feeling pretty good about our chances next fall. We we've got a new quarterback coming in, so uh, you know, you can't. We'll have to uh, share the wealth there. But it, um, yeah, three Pete. That's not easy. You know, going back to back wasn't easy. But uh, <laughs> uh, you know, never doubt Kirby Smart and the guys and the preparation that goes into it. He works them hard. So yeah, feeling pretty good. I think uh, you know, they, right down the road from USC, made some really big strides this past year. Really like y'all's coach and uh um, yeah should be a fun season yeah well you know sec football is big uh we got some acc football people around too so we're gonna see what happens in in the college world um john this has been great let's uh can you tell can you share your website and tell people how they can reach you yeah, come out to our website, franbridgeconsulting.com. That's F-R-A-N, bridgeconsulting.com. Sign up for our newsletter. We'll send you a free copy of the book. And, uh, you know, if, if, whenever the time's right, we'd love to engage and help in any way I can. Awesome, awesome. John, I really appreciate it, man. This is uh, it's been a great conversation. He's John Austinson. He is an investor. He is a franchising consultant. He's the CEO of Franbridge Consulting. You can check him out at franbridgeconsulting.com. Uh, also check out his book, Non-Food Franchising. And uh, John, we really, really appreciate you being on the show today. Enjoyed it, Arthur. Appreciate you having me. Appreciate you, man. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, This has been another episode of the Home Service Small Business Spotlight. Hope to see everybody next time and have a wonderful, wonderful week. Arthur Yon here. Thank you so much for listening to the Home Service Small Business Spotlight. If you are a successful restorer, contractor, or home service provider who would like to be on this program, please visit jointhenestteam.com slash go. If you got something out of this interview, would you also share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the social. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag HSSP Spotlight. I love seeing your posts, love seeing your guest suggestions. 
We are regularly putting out new episodes of content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and your reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, jointhenestteam.com go, or follow me on LinkedIn and Facebook. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time. Thank you.